The problem with Invoke today is that Terry and Cindy aren't artists. They're basically singers for hire. At least that's how they act. This is a Culture Inject production. Welcome back to another episode of Part of Us, an In Vogue fancast. Before we get started, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at In Vogue Craze and on Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. Want to get in touch with us? Write us a letter or record a voice message and email it to us at partofusevf at gmail.com. If you're enjoying Part of Us, please consider leaving us an Apple Podcast rating and review. Let's get to it. This first segment is, of course, what's trending and catching up on all EV news. And the first on our list is The Singer's Room's Simon Robinson published a piece naming the top 10 best in vogue songs. Included on the list were Too Gone Too Long that came in at number one, Don't Let Go at number two, and Don't Go (laughs) Sitting Cute at number three. We'll link the piece in our show notes for listeners. What are your thoughts on his ranking? I think Simon was smoking some strong stuff when he wrote that <laughs> list. Too gone too long. Like I mean, it's a cute song for around the house on a Saturday morning when you're cleaning up. But to be their number one best song, that is insane. I love the strings on Too Gone Too Long. I think from the the list that he likes like a big vocal performance, and so Too Gone Too Long it is some big vocals. It's a big note in the, you know, in that bridge, I guess, or I think it's a bridge, Terry goes off. So I think Simon likes the big vocals. If you have too gone too long, don't let go, don't go. You know, those aren't, you know, more so the up-tempo stuff. I would just say regarding the list, it's just always kind of boring to me when someone picks, you know, all singles. Like you would, I like, if someone's going to do a list, like they, they can really do a deep dive and pick some stuff where I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting you to name that song. Like that's a deep album cut, but it was pretty much any song that had a video, uh, you know, was on there. So that was kind of boring for me. That actually is pretty valid. And I also like all three of the songs in the top three are all like slow songs. And I'm mm-hmm. like, the girls don't just give great vocals and good, and the song is just good because it's like a ballad or like a slow, sultry single. Like, they have good vocals. I'm like, Free Your Mind is probably one of their most vocal heavy songs. Um, so I'm like, mm. why wouldn't that be in the top three? You know what I mean? So, although Too Gone Too Long is one of my favorite songs. Don't Let Go. That is delusional. The strings. Ciao. Maybe because it's Diane Warren, maybe. Oh, that is true. We talked about Diane Warren and the payola. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Did Diane Warren pay the singers room to put her song <laughs> at number one? Look, because okay. that must be it. Because ain't no way too gone too long would end up in the top. Even out of EV3 songs, I mean, I would put whatever above too gone too long, but I guess. You know, I would too, because. The vocals on whatever are just amazing. I mean, Too Long Too Long is, is definitely one of my favorite invoke songs. It's just it's just a beautiful ballad. But yeah, as number one, eh, sorry, Simon, you're on an island on your own. And it's called <laughs> Delusion. Okay. <laughs> In this time, you could even write it. You should have left it up to one of us, a real fan, Simon. See, this is just what I'm you talking about. You should have consulted. 
You should have consulted the pod before posting, before publishing (laughs) such a list. For real. And just while we're talking about like, what song is this, is this like a deep cut that you would say, um, you know, what would you even think would be ahead of Too Gone Too Long? That's not a single? You mean like an album track? Yeah, album track. Hmm. I, I mean, I'll put, like, put a lot before Too Gone Too Long. I'll put Sitting by Heaven's Door before Too Gone Too Long. Ooh. I will put, um, oh my God, what's what's the song from Masterpiece Theater? Um, what is the song that Love Won't Take Me Out? That is my jam. Like, I will put that before Too Gone Too Long. Um, No, 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 Can't Come Back will go before Too Gone Too Long. Desire will go before Too Gone Too Ooh. Long. This hooked on your really? love will go before that. <laughs> really? Well, you just don't like Too Gone Too Long, it seems like. <laughs> I mean, I used to you love must... it when it came out because I was a big fan of, like, the Diane Warren R&B singers who did her songs back in the 90s, but it just hasn't aged well for me. There are a lot of artists, a lot of producers and songwriters who were really popular during that time that I still enjoyed their songs. Like, you know, I still enjoy like Babyface and Daryl Simmons and Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I still enjoy a lot of their stuff from that era, but most of the Diane Warren songs don't really have the same lasting effect for me. There are a few of them, like Unbreak My Heart and Have You Ever. Have You Ever. There are a few, but a lot of it is just real sappy. Like, I, I don't yeah. feel the same way about it anymore. I love a good ballad just because I love I love a good bridge and a good like high point coming back into the chorus. Um, I feel like don't uh, too gone too long has all it hits all the beats that's supposed to make a great song. Um, it hits the beats for me, but I mean I would even put give it up turn it loose before, before. But that's a uh, single though. Oh, we, we did say deep cuts. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting um, list, but not before. Don't let go. It should definitely be like the first. It should be the first. I mean, anytime Miss Robinson is on lead, I mean, it's always it's always a moment. And I, I would like that. to see more representation for the newer stuff. I think Rocket, um, you know, could maybe best some of the stuff on there. But getting into some upcoming Invoke tour dates, Invoke is set to perform at the High Point Market in April. The ladies will headline the Center Stage concert series that runs from April 22nd through 23rd and will take the stage Saturday, April 22nd. The concert is open to registered High Point Market attendees. A valid Spring 23 Market Pass is required for entry. Doors open at 6.30 p.m. with the concert beginning at 7 p.m. Early entry for buyers at 6.15 p.m. And no, this is not a paid promotion. I don't know why (laughs) we went into such detail. Maybe we have a lot of fans in High Point, North Carolina. When I think of High Point, North Carolina, I think of Miss Fantasia Barino. But um, Invoke is performing there. They've... I saw that they performed at the Remax like um, 50th anniversary private event in Las Vegas. They performed at Howard University for Charter Day. So they've just been um, performing a lot of places. I'm still waiting on confirmation of if they're performing with Charlie Wilson at the Hollywood Bowl in July so I can get my ticket. But keep going in vogue. Keep on rocking. Please. Speaking of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, are we glad that Invogue did not participate in a reality show after having seen Escape in SWV's new Bravo show? No, I'm not happy. 
I'm not. No. No. One, I'm going to say this. Matt, I know you haven't seen the show. I know you're not going to watch it. I know. But SWB... SWB and Escape's new show is really good. For me, I was like, I hope they don't regurgitate info that we already know. But they kind of, they they brought it in to kind of introduce them. But it became a whole new thing. Like it 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 seems they're very vulnerable. They're very candid. They're very real. Now, I would have loved to see in Vogue one a part of this tour because they deserve the same recognition, the same flowers they're getting as, at least in a mainstream way, the same from the black audience, the same way SWV and um, Escape get. Uh, now, I'm not saying that In Vogue has to participate in the foolery of it all. You don't have to argue. You ain't got to put all your business out. But I will say that because they're iconic, they I feel like they would have been a great addition to to the uh, a great addition to the show because they kind of add like a grace and a class to it. And because they're all go they they all have stories that need to be told too. You know, Cindy with her divorce and trying to figure out what's going on next, and then Rona being a new wife, like you know, and then new music, etc. And then doing a tour with these other iconic groups. I think that would have been hot for them I in the sense that they're not a part of it. I personally would not have wanted them to do it because they wouldn't have kept it real. Like, if you're going to do a reality show, you got to show the good, the bad, the ugly. You got to, like, let us in. And I think in Vogue, being that they're old True. school, you know, they're really concerned with what they put out there and perception and, and stuff like that. So I think if they were to do anything reality-based, it would be very cookie-cutter and fake. And so, very Oprah on the network. <laughs> like yeah, I want, but at the at the end of the day, though, I just think that we all know that groups go through stuff, and I think seeing you go through it, but seeing you get over it and work together, and showing us how you know how you guys come together, even when you've just had an argument, or even when you, when, how do you deal with problems when you don't agree on something or if two people want to do something and the other person wants to do something else like how do you guys work through those things I think that's interesting to see but I just don't think they would ever let us behind the curtain like that so here we go that's fine for me I'm not a reality person per se like I do see clips and things like that I see gifs and stuff like that so I know of course um, ooh child the ghetto all that stuff am I gonna sit and watch a whole episode I don't think I could tolerate a whole episode of you know Nene Neeks and Kenny, Kenya Moore and all the little kind of little. I know Nene, Nene's not on there anymore but I'm just saying like I don't think I just have the patience to, to, to watch other people's lives that much like so some things might be funny here some things might be funny there but with In Vogue like I, I've gone on record saying this we had a whole episode called Reality Bites In Vogue and we talked about whether or not um, you know they should do reality TV I I don't think so. I really would like them to see, uh, I would like to see them, you know, like they said, they're going to do, make new music. Rona said something about a summer tour, so I don't know if that just meant like, you know, what they always do, which is spot dates throughout the summer or actual them joining a tour, but that'll be interesting to see what unfolds in the summer. Like I said, there's a rumor that they're going to perform at the Hollywood Bowl with Charlie Wilson on July 12th, so I don't know if he's going on tour and they're going to be his opening act or what, I don't know, but like, that's what I would like um, for in Vogue. I would like to see them on Girls 5 Eva. Renee Ellie Goldsberry said like, if she could have, you know, pick any 
guest to come on the show. True. It will be in vogue. She didn't name SWB an escape, of course. So I would like to see them in that type of vein. Like reality TV is too easy to do. It's too, it's, you know, you can go on Zeus, you can go on Tubi. You know, it's just a little too cheap. Absolutely not. And we're going to know Zeus. And when I look at the ratings, when I saw the ratings, when I saw the ratings for the show, I was like, oh my God, it couldn't even hit a million with those two groups. It couldn't even maintain the lead in from Potomac that went off. It couldn't even hit 700,000 views. And it's a Sunday night. So I just felt very, it's, you know. I it's just, going, I it's, <laughs> the viewership is going to increase. I guarantee well, you we, you know, I will take your word for that. <laughs> you have to understand that uh, first day viewings, the, the network is looking at. Uh, it was, the, it was ratings the plus two. Day, they're plus looking two. at uh, recordings, the DVRs and the on-demand stuff as well. But and it still can hit a minute. I saw it. I looked. I because I didn't watch it when it premiered. I watched it like later on. It was plus two. Child, <laughs> none of those shows over there at Bravo are getting a million viewers. If we being honest, I bet but if I look up, pull up Lisa Vanderpump Rules, I'm sure she's that's not get at. She's not at a million either. I just saw her. Her show was at between seven, eight, or eight hundred thousand. No, like Atlanta doesn't even do a million. They barely. They started doing a million. Um, viewers like towards the end of their season and the reunion potomac hasn't hit a million at all this past season so it's like okay, I mean, so if, it, if i want in vogue to do a reality show i want it to at least have a million viewers for the premiere even latoya jackson was able to do that on life with latoya on own on a saturday night <laughs> but some people some people watch three days some people watch a week later right. some people wait till the season is over to binge it like there there's so many there's so many ways for people to watch tv now that um, watching day of or even two days afterwards is not going to be accurate. Like, look at All American. All American was on um, first season was not a popular show until it hit Netflix and people people binge watch on Netflix and then on season two that percentage spiked up real quick. So what? And, and plus there there is a clip from and we're talking about Escape Too Much. There is a clip from the show with Tamika and Latasha uh, and their feud or whatever that has gone viral. And it's those type of moments that are going to bring in more viewers to see how that plays out. So it's just about marketing. Now, I will say that there there is a blueprint for reality TV as it stands now that exists that I understand why a group like In Vogue or even fans like us would be hesitant to have them be a part of it. I understand that fact. But I just feel like, what else are you doing? Uh, Etc. No, well, I have a question <laughs> since we're talking, since we're mentioning uh, reality TV. So I know that. What about TLC? Who is? I guess they are labeled the biggest girl group ever, and they've done a couple of VH1. Well, they did a show on UPN. Chili has done her own show for a few seasons on VH1. Mm-hmm. Sunken down that one of the, that 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 white boy now, right? The, who's related to that guy <laughs> from Blossom? Matthew Lawrence. Yes. Matthew Lawrence. Yes. So I mean, if the if the biggest selling girl group in the world can 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 find purpose in reality TV I'm just saying it might not be a bad idea to figure out there's a way to, a do, way to do, it. do it well they said Janet is trying to find purpose on reality TV too and she's you know I don't think now I might speculate who? about a lot of people's money but I don't you I said who now? I, Janet Jackson you have Janet heard? she's doing a, a, a documentary 
Well, what I was going to say is I think that's a good idea in that context because it's like a tour. Like there's a reason for you being on there. It's not just, oh, let's work out our problems and all this stuff. And it's about everything but the music. And this will be the last thing I say regarding Escape um, and SWB show. And I hope this one, you know, after all of the other cancellations and all of the other fails that they've had trying to do reality TV and they're not really doing anything for them. And after all of the sexual assault allegations and, you know, what happened with T.I. and the restaurants closed and people getting shot and murdered at the restaurant and the food being nasty, allegedly. I really hope it does well for them. But for in Vogue's sake, I would just say that if they were to do something, I would like it to be along the lines of music because that's what I know you as. I'm not too into your personal life unless you can make like a really great personal album, you know, and put that into your art and your craft. I respect that. This week's episode is an all-mailbag episode. That's right. We're emptying out the mailbox and reading your letters. First up is an email from Javon Francis. Hi, Javon. And Javon says, hi, guys. I remember Javon. (laughs) Remember Javon? I think so. We got a letter from Javon before. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I recognize the name. Um, so Javon says, Hey guys, how do you think the career of In Vogue would have been if Terry never joined? Oh, I remember they were originally supposed to be a threesome like the Supremes and they later added Terry because of her wonderful voice. Do you think Evie would have had the same success, been less successful or more successful? Do you think they would have lasted long? How do you think they would have looked today as a group? That's a good question. This is okay, a really making good question. us think, giving okay. us a thought-provoking questions. Um, when when I th- well, when I think about when I think about this question, my main where my mind goes is the breakup. Right, I feel like if if Terry wasn't there, Cindy wouldn't have had a a, a partner in crime. Okay, to kind of. Cont- <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wait hold on okay Craig hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, if, if if Terry wasn't there Cindy wouldn't have had a partner in crime to kind of uh, push Dawn out and I feel like Dawn and Maxine would have more of a voice I do feel like they I do feel like they would have had maybe more success just because it's, it's easier for a threesome you know budget wise lead wise etc etc um, it I, it would be interesting to see like who would have did the iconic we who would have did that Dawn it would have been Dawn because what, what I've always felt about what I've always felt about Dawn and Terry is that they're I feel like their voices are I feel like they kind of are in the similar lane to each other in terms of their tone and their range you know what I'm saying like because if you think Don about doesn't have like the chest belting, and I think that's the key difference. If you think about like um, giving him something he can feel and hooked on your love from Funky Divas, like both are the Curtis Mayfield remakes, and you know they both had you know lead on one on both of those songs. They just mm-hmm. I don't know that they have a lot of similarities to me, but they're different. I think. It's funny you say that because I'm thinking about about a comment that I saw on an Invoke video where they like put the hat. It was like the Invoke an Invoke vocal range video 
Um, and so it started with Maxine, then it was Cindy, then it was Don, and then it was Terry. And I don't know if that was the posters, you know, um, the order was based on the posters opinion of who was the best, but one of the comments was like, okay, Terry is the one who has a core to her voice. I think Terry is the only one who really has like the powerful lower belt. So if people don't know what I'm talking about, think Whitney Houston, I will always love you. The belt, that's the climax of the song. I don't think any of the other members besides Rona could do that because their voices just are naturally will start mixing way too much to where it's kind of maybe more so shrill, whereas hers, it still sounds very low and solid. So knowing how Big Hold On was and really that intro, like, I don't think Don could have done that. Don developed vocal problems very early into Born to Sing because I think she likes to like strain and sing higher than maybe she should. And so I just felt like like people really underestimate how important that was. But anytime they went on any show and they did that acapella part and she led it. And I just think she has like the strongest voice. Do I think she has the best voice? Maybe we can have a whole episode on who we think has the best voice or where we rank the, the members vocally. So I'm not going to say that. I'm just saying as far as belting and having a powerful voice, hers is the most powerful. Definitely on like when you're not all the way up there like belting very high, which all of them can do. Um, but like the lower belts, like to give, you know, Whitney Houston, the Deborah Cox, you think about people who, you know, it's like, it's coming from their chest. She's the only one who could do that. So without her, you lose like a big source of power. I don't think Cindy and Maxine have like the traditional powerhouse vocals that you would think of when you're thinking of like R&B music. So then you would just maybe have Don, who's more so like the kind of Shaka Khan when she's up there, but not like the lower Shaka Khan. So then a lot to me, too much is missing. Um, vocally without Terry. I can see that. And I don't think they would have lasted as long without Terry. I think Terry, you know, she's just very pragmatic. So maybe they could have been more successful in spurts, but I feel like Don is very, uh, she's a mercurial. She is tempestuous and she would have left. I don't care who was in it. It could have been a group full of her sisters um, so she would have left, and then Cindy Magazine. I don't and really know what their relationship. <laughs> I never really can read Cindy Magazine's relationship. I really, I don't think that's when we really explore. When we explore dynamics, it's always Cindy and Terry, Don versus Terry, Don versus Magazine, or Don and Magazine together, depending on the day, because you know they've had their beef. But Cindy and Magazine, I wonder, like you know, they were the two eldest. I wonder how they would, if it was just like just them after Don left, what they would have done. If Terry wasn't, I feel like if Terry wasn't in the group, she's in a group. If she wasn't in a group, I could see um, the group going in a more like hip hop uh, direction, you know, with, with Don and Maxine kind of spearheading that. I feel like, um, Tommy and Denny maybe would have lost a little bit creative control around after fucking I think Divas, if Terry was in there, Tommy mean? and Denny definitely would have been gone. Yeah, because it, you know, especially especially because you know, be, because Dawn was so edgy and she had the attention of so many other labels. I feel like I do. I feel like they would have started to after. Um, Funky Divas, I could see them like trying trying to fashion a sound around a new look for Invoke, and it would have been more edgy. Um, it would have been more trendy. 
Um, they probably would have more rap features, kind of like how Mariah Carey did. I could, I could see them going in that in that direction. I could see that, but you know, that's. Thank you for the question, Javon. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening and subscribing. Thank you, Javon. And now we're getting into an email from Kai, and Kai is about to rock your socks. Uh, oh God! Kai says the problem with In Vogue today is that sin. I'm sorry. The problem with Invoke today is that Terry and Cindy aren't artists. They're basically singers for hire. At least that's how they act. They're happy just showing up and singing their tried and true songs, going through the motions. If they were true artists, they'd be exploring different genres and producers with whom to collaborate. The same goes for their style and the way they present themselves to us. If it wasn't for Rona, we'd have no variety in the group's look. Say what you will about Don's crazy ass. And that's what Kai said. That was not me. So don't come at me with that. I do too much with Don. That's what Kai said. Say what you will about Don's crazy ass. At least she was open to experimenting with a group sound. What is it going to take to make Terry and Cindy wake up? I hope Rona has creative say in the group because she's the only one that I have faith in right now. At least when it comes to exploring other sounds and looks. But what say you, part of us boys? What say you, JP and Champ, to Kai's letter? I say Kai hit the nail on the head. I think everything <laughs> is is a hundred percent accurate. I think there there is definitely a difference between a singer and an artist. True, um, I agree with that. I think, and I think, yeah, Terry and Cindy are definitely singers. I I haven't really seen the artistic aspect from them. Um, in recent years anyway, but I think part of it is just that, you know, they're, they're going through the motions and they're doing what they do to earn a living. Um, and maybe in some cases that's easier than trying to be creative and spend money on something that may or may not, you know, prove profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, I oh, think, oh. I think it's. I think it's just really interesting because I've, I've heard people use that term artist a lot lately and just what it means to be an artist and or to be a creative and and kind of what that looks like. And um, yeah, I do think that is kind of missing from from them. And when we talk about their outfits or their, you know, their styling as of late, it's it doesn't feel like they are um, pushing the envelope. I actually never considered this point of view, but I can I can definitely uh, validate it to an extent. Um, we in the previous episode we talked about you know how on on EV three, um, you know, uh, Denny and Tommy were not involved in EV three as much, and then um, they ended up going back to F Mob. Uh, for masterpiece theater, and we had we had uh, you know it was conjecture, but we kind of like explored like oh maybe the ladies were fearful about exploring something new, and they and they rather retreat to what was comfortable and what worked in the past. So I feel like and I and I can kind of connect that with Destiny's Child, like when Destiny's Child um went from being a foursome to another foursome to a threesome. Um, and then they have more then they they catapulted into more mainstream fame as a threesome and then after destiny uh after um um, the writings on the what wall was it? survivor, oh, survivor? no after survivor they ended up you know splitting up 
and they and all three went and became solo artists, you know, um, and they all wanted to find themselves as women and as artists. You know what I mean? I really do believe that, you know, them coming back and doing Destiny Fulfilled would not have been as impactful if Beyonce, Kelly and Michelle did not find their own voice outside of the group. And I do. And although Terry did do a solo project on her own and on her own, you know, it wasn't as commercially successful, whatever, but that was still under the label and the label was still like, you know, pulling the strings with that. It was Tommy and Denny. But I feel like it was their project. Right. right, But I feel like what, but I, exactly. So it's like once I, I feel like Cindy and Terry have not really, uh, had the opportunity to really find themselves as artists alone. I mean, Maxine is doing it right now. We're literally looking at her go back into artist development as she does new releases, different songs and works with other producers. And, and, you know, she's trying to find that sound. Who was Maxine right now? Um, you know, and Dawn was doing, I mean, I mean, lo and behold, Dawn has a, a longer discography as a solo artist than most of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and, and Rona, I feel like the reason why she adds such a freshness to the group is because she had a solo career. She had a brand and a look and a sound before the ladies as an artist and as a writer. So I feel like she has her own perspective that adds to the group that makes it more modern and that brings it to the forefront of the industry now. Um, and without that, you know, in Vogue probably wouldn't have, you know, been, you know, where they are right now in that regard. So I, I can agree, you know, there it, it's the difference between being a singer and an artist. There's maybe budget issues. And I'll give an example with Jade. Jade talked about, well, it wasn't Jade. It was Joy Marshall from Jade. She did this podcast called the Baggy Jeans Podcast with, um, with the interviewer from, I guess, the United Kingdom. And she, you know, she had music music industry experience before joining Jade. I think the group was actually named after her, um, her and her two friends and her two of her friends weren't able to make it into the group. So the other ladies came in, but long story short, she was saying that even, like in this interview was maybe at the um, most recent, it couldn't have been any time before 2020. And at the time of the interview, she said that they still owe their label a million dollars. And I'm like, Jade never gave us like big budget to me. So like, how do you owe the label a million dollars? And she said there was like a um, a clause in their contracts that, you know, said that like, even if, if they weren't able to recoup via royalties, they could recoup via like songwriting credits. So there's this big issue of recoupment. And so depending on who you work with, the recoupment could be, you know, a lot higher. And so with EV3, maybe Invoke ended up owing money because, you know, having Tommy and Denny being signed to them and having them be your producers, you're not, you know, paying out of pocket. Like maybe the studio time is free. Whereas when you work with Babyface, you know, um, you're paying a lot of money. Then you have to go and re-record it because Don wanted to act funky, you know. So you have to go in and re-record stuff. So that's just running up the tab. So maybe with EV3, they ended up owing money and that scared them. I don't know. But 
that's the grace I give. Maybe it's a financial thing, but then two, it's like you are still making money. You can still like an arrangement. You know, it it doesn't cost you anything to change an arrangement. Like it. it so I'm kind of I'm with you actually. Like I'm totally with you. I'm just trying to figure out like why they do things at the way that they do. But even you mentioned Rona. Like Rona came in as a songwriter. She has you know people that she songs writes with. But you look at Electric Cafe. It's kind of like she's blocked now, and all that she can write is like you know. Tommy and Denny are like, okay, well, you know, we have this, you know, you could add your verse here instead of her being able to bring songs to the project as a writer. And why not? She's a member. Like, I think that would be like cost effective. Right. But no. Um, so I'm, I, 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 I don't know why they aren't operating more so from just like a point of, you know, this is, you know, our bread and butter. This is how we make our money as opposed to it being an art. Um, because it is lucrative. They've been touring for years. So I don't know, but I do agree. I wish they would, you know, try to look at what they're doing as an art form more so than just, um, you know, um, a source of income. Well, we have another letter from Remy, who's in Wellington, New Zealand. New Zealand. Shout out to New Zealand. <laughs> hey, everybody. Great podcast. I love it. What would be one thing you would bring back from In Vogue's past? For example, Terry and Cindy in peak vocal shape (laughs) or one former member returning to the group? Maybe the backing of a major record label so they could get better outfits, makeup, hair, photo shoots, and time and dance rehearsals to learn new and complex choreography. I would bring back the financial backing of a major label for sure. What about you? First of all, Remy, you <laughs> just read the ladies down. Okay. I mean, you really did. Just read them. This is actually a great question. Y'all are, are giving us some good questions. I know what I want. You go You go first. Okay. Go first. If I could pick any one thing, it'll be like their, um, their multimedia tie-ins, meaning like, you know, the cameos on television shows and movies because... I'm thinking like I just talked about recruitment. I'm still thinking like they maybe don't want to put money into themselves too much because like in the past they were doing that. And then when it gets recouped, like they're making less money. So maybe like they some for some reason committed to that. And so even with the backing of a major record label, like what they're going to be taking that money out of their royalties. And so maybe they don't want to do that. But if you're on a television show, which is, I guess, why so many people so many musicians wanted to go to Hollywood is because Hollywood is really putting everything up front for you. So, you know, the photo shoots and all that stuff, like where musicians are, um, you have to pay for all that stuff. Like, you know, Hollywood, you know, really takes care of the people. So if they're on a show looking good, if they're on a show, you know, like a Girls 5 ever or a show where, you know, they record music, you, you know, just for the show, like the, the, like all the shows are original songs. Like that's what I would really love. Um, okay. Uh, but off subject for a quick minute. Is it this girl's favorite show must be good because you always reference it. Is it good? I've never watched it. I just know that Renee Ellis Goldsberry said that she would like them to guest on it. It's it's a show about like the it's funny, it's oh. the show about like um a girl group. You you've heard about it. it's a show about a girl group who They reunite you know, like, the one yeah, hit wonders in like the late nineteen nineties. They reunite because a rapper samples them and like but they get to record all these new songs. Well maybe they they like all of the songs that they're doing are original songs, of course, because you know they're a fictional group. And it'll just be fun like invoke if invoke had a story arc on there and renee ellie scoberry shouted them out so i'm just trying to speak it into existence because i would like that would be hot i think it got nominated for an emmy you know Ooh, if invoke was like one of their 
if in Vogue was like their rival group, that would wouldn't be great. it be? And they got that to be, be villains for like five or six episodes. They get yes. to wear all these fabulous clothes yes. and stuff. Because otherwise, I really think if they're Ooh. not a part of like a studio or somebody paying for it, they're not going to put their own money up. Maybe because in the past they were spending so much on trying to be fly. You know, they spent a lot of their money trying to give a certain look. So that's why I'm picking. That's why that's my pick. Which what yours? is your choice, JP? Um, the backing of a major label. And not so they can afford better outfits, but just so they can make better music. Um, and actually, you know, like promote their projects. And like, I, I would love for them to have the machine behind them. Like back in the day, you know, that Funky Divas era, that the machine was working overtime. And that machine is encompasses everything that encompasses the the TV appearances and, you know, the commercials and, you know, all of those things. It's like when you got that money behind you making things happen, um, I think that's how you really make the most impact. Yeah, but then you have to pay and that I back. I miss those days. That's the the only thing. True. There, there, I mean, there are ways to pay it back. I feel like, I well... So I will agree and I say I would bring back the financial backing of a major label as well. Um, and I feel like with that, a major label would also push them into doing things that they don't, they probably wouldn't want to do as independent artists. You know what I mean? Um, uh, which probably will be reality TV. <laughs> Unfortunately for you, but they had. <laughs> but I feel like, I feel like a, a, a label would, you know, push them to do things they don't want to do. You can, you just can do more, like, especially like nowadays, you know, these labels have like these have new producers on their, on their uh, roster, new artists on their roster. So like with the financial backing and even just with the label in general, like, you know, you can work with some of the hottest producers in the game now and, and, and get like a new hit, you know, record on, on, on billboard or whatever. Like you can collaborate with some great people, you know, like, uh, Seeing a uh, uh, SZA collab with Invo, I would you know, love that. Like oh that. my god, I would you love know. that. I'm starting to get really you know get into I mean? SZA, and I'm I would love, especially yeah. her and Rona. I would love to see her and Rona or on like, track together. That would be so hot. Yeah. Or just like the working, like even in Vogue being featured on stuff, mm-hmm. like with, with other rappers and art, like you know, it with being with the label, um, these teams, their job is to work on ways for you to make money, which in turn makes the label money. So the resources that would be at their disposal would be insurmountable. Um, and you can't, you, you can't, uh, pay for it. You know what I mean? It's like, you can't duplicate that in any kind of way as an independent artist. It's like just the, the financial backing, like there's no contest for that. So that's my answer as well. Remy, this was a really good question. And thank you for listening all the way from New Zealand. Like, we appreciate you taking the time out, you know. And shout to out to Oceania, Remy. Look at you. For Look sure. at you, Remy. It's, it's, it's nice to know that pettiness is a worldwide phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and our last email comes from friend of the show, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Justice Jackson. Yes, our bestie Justice. Um, and Justice says, Hey, y'all, hey, it's Justice. That's Mr. Jackson to you, Matan. Wait, what did he say? <laughs> uh, he said, 
Oh, I said, he says, hey, y'all, hey, it's Justice. And in parentheses, he says, that's Mr. Jackson to you, Mateo. I guess I just can't hear um, it. I'm not hearing anything. <laughs> no, can you hear I'm me I'm just now? kidding. I'm, just, I'm shading Justice. Oh, I can't hear him. Oh, I was like, what? I can't stand you. I was like, wait. I was like, is my mic okay? I'm just playing Justice. You know I have love for you. It uh, might not be a lot, but I have some uh, of it. Yes. Um, so he says, anyways, I'm back bugging you guys again with another letter, LOL. Wonderful episode, you guys. Invokes a different world appearance is definitely one of my favorites. I like how they stayed committed to the awkward dorky roles through the performance. Those books were a little spicy, but boy, Mr. Dickey was sure an Evie stand. I love to see it. I honestly feel like it speaks volumes to how fluential our ladies are, and they really deserve their flowers all across the board. Speaking of cl- speaking of flowers, that cover they did. Um, I give it a D minus. If it were in the hands of better producers, no shade to Foster and McElroy. Um, but let's keep it 100. They're very semi hit up and miss. And it really enhances my pet peeve with that lineup. They needed a solid alto for the lower harmonies. Amanda did her best, but it wasn't giving. <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> Lastly, he's on it today. Rebounding he is real on it quick. Today rebounding real quick y'all remember when i said shanice would have been a good replacement member well come to find out that was almost a reality an interview clip was posted on instagram where shanice stated terry asked her to join the group but turned it down due to her being pregnant at the time but back then did you consider like dang i wish i was in a girl group or were you happy that you were solo i never really thought about but you know what uh right after i married flex and I, I, we, I got pregnant same year I got married. But Terry from In Vogue, she reached out to me and asked me if I would join In Vogue. So I could have been in, in Vogue. It just the timing just it just wasn't right. So I had the opportunity to be in In, in, in Vogue. Imagine how that would have worked out. And for the listener, oh, and he says tens across the board. I can't wait to I can't wait for the next episode. Keep up the good work. Out. Peace. Peace. I don't think Shanice is a funky diva. I am kind of gagged. I'm gagged too. I'm gagged too a little bit. I think Shanice is a great vocalist. I just don't like the choreography and all that stuff. Like Shanice just seems like she just had, she's just a ball of sunshine and stuff. Like I can't see her doing whatever. I don't, it's just like the attitude and sass that I would need for for a member of Invoke. I just don't think she has it. And that's not a slight to her because I love Shanice. I've loved her since I love you. Even even before I love your smile, I like the um the KFC commercial she did when she was little. So I love Shanice. It's just that I just she's not. It doesn't fit to me. Maybe vocally it fits, but just the overall, just what what I think of when I think of Invoke, which is like a sassy, kick ass, badass woman. You know, just dripping with attitude. That's not Shanice. What? Well, when? When? When have they given that? <laughs> Am I loving you never going to get it when Terry's literally slapping that man down? No, I mean, as of late, as of re- like, I haven't seen that from In Vogue since like 97. I mean, even Riddle, like you have to look at um, Rona. Um, they did a performance actually in Virginia at the Birchmere and there's a performance of Riddle and it's not, not even the whole song. Like it's like kind of spliced up, but like Rona comes on 
And it's like, just the way she did it, like, I'm like, okay, that is so invoked. It's just like the sass. And I think that's kind of like the, like the salient, um, when people talking about invoke, when the, like the, the, the salient parts of the group is the sass. Ron is just so sassy. And I think that's when people are talking about invoke, particularly women, um, it's like just the sass. So I, I think you have to have that to be a member. And I think that's why I didn't care for Aurora and Shanice. I love Shanice, but I just don't think she has the sass that I need for a member of Invogue. I think, well, I, so I agree with you. I think that's valid. However, I feel like in this day and age, people want less sass and more humanity. Save the sass for the stage. But when you're, it's just like you trying to connect with fans, just give us something. And I'll, and, and, in Vogue comes from an era of the industry that is very rehearsed, that is very, uh, um, A&R, you know, where the, where the, um, the, the answers are, are very politically correct and very astute. And I feel like Shanice being like this ball of sunshine kind, would kind of have added a personality to Invogue that they probably didn't have before. You know what I mean? But this is what so year, I, and, and what so year did I, they ask least, her to do? Is this EV3 era or? Research. I would I would I would assume I would assume it was around when when Don left they were looking for like a fourth. I, I would assume. Probably I would assume. Well, Janice said she was pregnant, so let's let's do the math. Um, let's see. Her daughter is, her daughter was born in two thousand and one, and her son was born in two thousand and four. So this had to be after Masterpiece Theater when Maxine. Oh, so that's left. when Maxine left. Oh yeah, so so Shanice would have yeah, been at that point would have been, been taken she would have taken she would have taken Amanda's role. Yeah, because I mean because at that at that point in time they did a Christmas album and they were just like they were just singing. They were just doing a nostalgia group like performing and whatever. So I feel like yeah, I could I could see Shanice doing what Amanda was doing. Just just a little better. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I can see. I would like maybe. Sure. I, I just think that is so interesting. Like, I would have loved to have seen that, and I think that would have been even like a a good headline. Like, you know, because Shanice has her own you know notoriety, so like a, a notable figure going into In Vogue who has a notable notable name. It's like, huh? Maybe their powers combined can. <laughs> You know, can really like be a, <laughs> a cute moment. That would have been nice, but you know, I agree. I mean, it, like like I said, we I said earlier, like how it was cool to kind of see Rona, who was a solo artist, you know, come into the equation and like and completed and, and add her flair to the group. So it would have been cool, like to see Shanice, who had you know success as a solo artist, you know, come into the group and like add her flair as well. Thank you, Justice. As always, we always love hearing from you. On the show. And when he says we, he means himself, JP, and Josh. <laughs> no, you're not getting you know, I'm just messing with justice. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I'm saying when you, when you said we, you meant everybody but me. Cause, but it's a joke. We have an inside thing going on. <laughs> We're getting into our rare track of the day. Shout out to Marco. Our rare track of the day is Expiration Day. It is from the album Roughtown Presents in Vogue. It was released in 2015. We don't know who wrote it. We don't know who produced it. But what do we think about it? I did not like it. I was um, I was into it when the music started. I was like, okay, this is like a like a, a, a interesting sound. Like you know, very much early 2000 R&B. Um, 
but I didn't like the cadence of Maxine delivering delivering her uh her verse. Absence is supposed to make the heart grow fonder. But baby, you took way too much time. Have you And then I was like, all these like, uh, these like puns and like sayings. I was like, I was like, where's the melody? <laughs> and then we got we got to the chorus. I was like, okay, here we go. Here goes the song. But I don't think it was a good it was a good start. Um, it definitely sounded like you know um, uh, uh, a sample of something or like like a like a throw a throwaway demo. That I'm like, I know why I didn't make the cut. I mean, maybe it didn't make the cut, but for that, but no one liked it. So it, no it's, one it's liked expired it. for me. It expired. <laughs> it expired before it even got released. Um, I thought it was horrible. The production was horrible. I kind of like some of it. I, you, um, you, I won't be here tomorrow. Like some of the harmonies were okay, but it just put me in the mind of maybe written all over your face or something um by the root boys i don't know like something about it is like okay whoever did this song they based it around another song and kind of changed some stuff because i it's reminding me of something but it's poorly produced it sounds like a rough demo not even a produced demo just bad all around i didn't care for maxine's vocal some of the harmonies some of the harmonies were okay maybe barely but it was just a, I, it's a no another no another no from me well it was okay I think it had potential I think the production just sounded like it was done on a KCO keyboard I think had that been improved I think it had potential long story short I, did, I don't mind it like when it comes on my shuffle you know I might not turn immediately Like when it got to the latter part of the song, it got better for me. But I'm like, if you don't catch me in the first 30 to 60 seconds, I'm turning, I'm changing the song, you know. So I feel like they failed in that regard. Because I was like, I was kind of like, what is this delivery? Like, what is this cadence? Where, where's the rhythm? At? <laughs> I was like, what's happening? So. Yeah, it sounded like Maxine was just kind of walking like she was learning the lyrics that she went along. Like she was singing some stuff as I pushed through all the hurt. Like it was just something off about it. I didn't like it. Uh huh. Like it was her first take. Right, right. She's a one take wonder. You just, you just. That is only reserved for Beyonce. He's being nice because Maxine sang lead on it. If anybody else sang lead on it, we would get a real critique. No, I mean, I actually, I have, like, that song is on my, you know, Apple Music thing. Like, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's not a great song at all. The production is horrible. 
But there's something about it. I think it could have been a good song if it were like produced better. I agree. I mean, the the theme of this show for three seasons has always been that a lot of uh, the issues with in those mu- latter music is the production quality. It's all, that's always been the problem. Like, ladies will give you good vocals. They will always go into a studio and, and kill it. But it's just the production is always subpar sometimes. And it sucks. I think um, we're going to do this next segment really quickly. It's called. It's a new segment. It's called Final Thought. And I'll be giving the final thought today. This is just something for our listeners to ponder over. And so I'll ask a rhetorical question for y'all to think about. And my question is, do you think there is a certain age that in Vogue should retire? And y'all can just think about that and answer the question. Um, you know, you can send a letter, you can write a comment, you can, you know, um, I guess call and leave a voicemail. I don't know to what number, but that is the final thought. Is there any age that you think in Vogue should retire? Can't wait to hear you guys' answers. Final thought of the day, y'all. Yes. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of Part of Us, an Invoke fan cast. Um, you can find Part of Us on on Amazon Music, Audible, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Want some more Invoke content? Check us out on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Invoke Craze, and on Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. Remember to write us at partofusevf at gmail.com if you have any ideas, interview requests, comments, or questions. Thank you to my co-host uh, for being here. It's 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 late, but you know we we're doing it. Shout out to Josh who wasn't able to make this uh, episode, but we know he's gonna have some he's gonna have some thoughts on some of the listener letters <laughs> on the next episode. <laughs> so until we meet again, bye, bye. you guys. This episode of Part of Us at Invoke Fancast was researched, written, produced, and edited by Matthew at Culture Inject Productions. The intro and outro music was produced by Wolves and Vincent Tone. We're more than just a podcast. We're a fan community. You can keep up to date on Invoke and chat with other fans by visiting Invoke Craze on Facebook. You can also follow us on YouTube and Instagram at Invoke Craze and Twitter at Part of Us Fancast. Part of us, an Invoke fancast, is not endorsed by Invoke, E1 Music, or Invoke Records, and is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Invoke and its names, images, and audio clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of the respective copyright holders. It happens. Oh, and let me also that. say that this, this series is only a six-episode miniseries. Oh, the Janet Jackson lasting. one? The Janet Jackson one? No, uh, The Escape SWV. Oh, it's yeah. a miniseries now. It's, it's, it's not it's a reality show. It's, it's only six episodes, okay? Well, yeah, they want the um, viewers. They don't want the viewers to eventually get to zero, so they have to cut it short early. <laughs> no, because Mateus, it's about, Mateus it's Mateus about a tour. so much <laughs> because they are so relevant. On TikTok <laughs> with all the other with animals uh, and bears and cooking. <laughs>